The Biden administration is wrong again. Surprise, surprise. That's a new way to start the show, right? The Biden administration being wrong. They're always wrong. They're doubly wrong. Jen Psaki, press secretary, announced today that the Biden administration would be implementing a diplomatic boycott of the 2020 Olympic Games in Beijing. A diplomatic boycott means that there's going to be no official delegation of U.S. government officials sent to the Olympic Games. So, right, if you're thinking what I'm thinking, wow, that's a real slap in the face to China. That's way to play hardball with those Chinese communists, Biden. You're not going to go and you're not going to send anybody, no secretary of state, no press secretary, nobody representing the United States in a governmental sense will be sent to the opening ceremonies of the Beijing Olympics. This this is outrageous. This is absolutely outrageous. We need, it's time for us to acknowledge that we are in a cold war with the Chinese. This is not just tit for tat. This is not the Chinese, you know, having a different culture than the United States and the United States having a different culture than the Chinese. No, no. The Chinese are committing egregious human rights abuses and not sending an official delegate from the United States government to the Beijing Olympics does nothing. I wouldn't even qualify this as a slap on the wrist. What, are you not going to send Buddha judge to the Olympic Games now? What is that supposed to tell Xi Jinping? You really think that that's going to scare him into doing the right thing because you haven't sent one of your cabinet secretaries, you know, to sit beside? Remember the last Olympics, by the way? Remember the last Olympics where Kim Jong-un had his sister, the enforcer of the concentration camps in North Korea, he sent her to the Olympic Games and she gave a side eye to Pence and that's all the mainstream media talked about. The Olympic Games is about countries. The Olympic Games is a diplomatic event. You're not there to represent yourself. You're there to represent your country. Countries come together to compete. And the best the United States can do in the face of human rights abuses from China is, oh, the Biden administration won't send an official delegate. Yeah, that's really gonna show them. That's really gonna show them. So I have so much more to say about this, so much more to say about this. I'm Liz Wheeler, this is The Liz Wheeler Show. A quick update, before we get back to China, a quick update on my Santa Claus poll. If you remember last week, I asked Christian parents across the country, what do you do? How do you handle Santa Claus with your children? Do you tell them that Santa's real? Do you tell them that Santa is a fantasy, a pretend part of the imagination? How do you handle Santa Claus so that your child doesn't confuse the reality of what Christmas is, Jesus's birth, versus the fantasy Santa Claus is, you know, watching to see if you're naughty or nice and will bring you presents accordingly. How do you handle this? So I asked this on um, the Liz Wheeler Show community on Locals. I asked this on Instagram. I asked just our community, how do you handle this? My daughter is not old enough this year um, for Santa Claus one way or the other, but I'm not sure. I'm not sure. My husband and I aren't sure how we're going to handle this. Well, I have a little bit of uh, an update. The poll that I ran um, all of your answers combined. This is this is the results of the poll. 60% of you said that you tell your children that Santa Claus is real. 60% and 40% of you say that you do not tell your children that Santa Claus is real, that you tell them outright that Santa Claus is pretend or make-believe so as not to confuse them. There was a few, there were a few people who elaborated further. Well, over 5,000 of you responded. What I mean is there were a few who in their further elaboration said that they do a hybrid of Jesus and Santa, but most people... I mean, that's that's split actually more evenly than I thought. I thought more people told their children that Santa was real um, than 60%, but nope, six out of 10 tell their kids that Santa's real. Four out of 10 do not do uh, Santa Claus as a real as a real phenomenon. <laughs> they just tell their kids the honest truth so as not to confuse them. Anyway, I just wanted to update you. These are the kind of fun conversations <laughs> that we have that aren't always political. But 
Let's get back to China for a second, because what's what's going on with the Chinese or the Beijing Olympics in 2022 is um, I don't even know the word that's appropriate to say here. It's it's a terrible, egregious human rights abuse that human rights abuses that China's committing on a regular basis. And the best that the U.S. can do is not send an official delegation to go and celebrate these Olympic Games. It's outrageous. And we're going to talk about that in a second, more about that in a second. But first, I want to talk about stamps.com. If you are looking for ways to skip the trip to the post office and dodge all that hectic holiday shopping traffic, why not save time and money with Stamps.com? Stamps.com lets you compare rates, print labels, and access exclusive discounts on UPS and USPS services all year long. Here at Soundfront, we use Stamps.com to do business on the road and to save time and money. It just makes sense, especially if your business sends more mail and packages during the holidays. Whether you're selling online or running an office or a side hustle, stamps.com can save you so much time, money, and stress during the holidays and get discounts on post office and UPS shipping services without making the trip. Discounts you can't find anywhere else, like up to 40% off USPS rates and 76% off UPS. Going to the post office, basically, instead of using stamps.com is like taking the stairs instead of taking the elevator. Who wants to do that? If you spend more than a few minutes a week dealing with mail and shipping, stamps.com is a lifesaver. So save time and money this holiday season with stamps.com. Sign up with promo code Liz for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, free postage, and a digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. Just go to stamps.com, click the microphone at the top of the page, and enter code Liz. So the reason that the Biden administration even addressed what's happening in China is not because of the various human rights abuses that China has been inflicting on their people and on the world over the past, you know, decades. It's because of the professional tennis player from China. Her name is Peng Shui, and she issued an allegation of sexual assault, of rape, actually, against a former Chinese Communist Party official. He was the vice premier. His name is Zhang Guali. Um, This was on the Chinese social network Weibo, which is I guess the equivalent of Twitter, but in China because Twitter is not allowed in China. So she made this sexual assault allegation that he had um, that he had raped her. She made this on this social network, and it was immediately censored. It was immediately taken down, and all search terms for her and for sexual assault and for any related um, words or phrases were also censored. They were disallowed on this social network, and Peng Shui herself disappeared. In the wake of these allegations, she just dropped off the face of the earth. It wasn't until professional tennis players here in the United States said something, brought this to light, and said, actually, she hasn't been seen since she made this allegation. She completely disappeared. She, this is a public, a public, not a public official, but uh, someone with a public profile, a professional athlete. Her, her bread and butter was being in the public eye, and all of a sudden, she disappeared. So the women's tennis association here in the United States started speaking out against this. They ultimately suspended um, tennis events in China based on the fact that Peng Shui had been disappeared. Um, The IOC, the International Olympic Committee, held a phone call with her in the wake of her disappearance. In this phone call, they released no audio of this phone call, no video of this phone call. I believe there's one picture, a screenshot of this Skype call or this Zoom call, whatever it was, this video chat. They said that she claimed that she was safe and well, but they said that she asked for privacy. She said that at this time, she prefers to spend time at her home with friends and family. As I said, no video, no audio. We have no idea if someone right off the camera from her was essentially pointing a gun or literally pointing a gun at her. We have absolutely no idea. It was proof of life. She's alive, yes. But is she okay? Is she under the punishment of the Chinese Communist Party? Probably she is. 
I mean, of course she is. The Chinese Communist Party doesn't allow dissent. And she makes a sexual assault allegation against their second in command. I mean, this guy was the right-hand man of Xi Jinping in China. The uh, second highest communist that you can get in the country. This isn't going to go unpunished. Um, the Chinese state media then ran a propaga uh, propaganda effort. They showed video and picture of her going to a restaurant. They showed video and picture of her attending a kid's tennis tournament. But this was all released through the Chinese state-run media, which means it's propaganda. They're obviously trying to just reassure the world that Peng Shui is totally fine, that the Chinese communists aren't cracking down on her, that she's not being punished in any way for making an allegation against their former number two in command. If there's any idiot who would believe that, then they're living up to their name. They are, in fact, an idiot. The Chinese media then issued a statement from Peng Shui. They, they claim that this was from Peng Shui. And coincidentally, this statement from Peng Shui was in English. Yes, not even smart propaganda. In English, she claimed to redact her allegation of sexual assault against Zhang Goli. Again, believable, not so much. Not so much at all. So the International Tennis Federation did not follow the lead of the American Women's Tennis Association. The International Tennis Federation said that they have no plans to suspend, suspend tournaments in China. They don't want to lose the money, of course. The president of the ITF, his name is David Hegarty. This is what he said as his justification for why they are not canceling Chinese events. They say, we don't want to punish a billion people, so we will continue to run our junior events in the country and our senior events that are there for the time being. He doesn't want to punish a billion people. What do you think the Chinese Communist Party does on a daily basis? They violate the inherent fundamental human rights of the Chinese people. If there is a woman who is sexually assaulted and she dares to make that allegation publicly, they disappear her. They silence her. Make no mistake, the Chinese Communist Party is strong-arming this woman. Anybody who thinks otherwise is an idiot. What's going to happen to her? I don't know. Fortunately, the world is making a pretty big deal about it, so the Chinese would look pretty bad if they kill her or permanently disappear her at this moment, but will that happen when the world, you know, when the attention span of the world ends on this topic, when the news cycle moves on, what will happen to this woman? We don't know. We don't know. So in response to this, the Biden administration has said that they will not send a diplomatic team, they will not send a diplomatic representative to the Beijing Olympics in 2022. This is this spring. This is just a couple of months from now. Um, China in response says, if the U.S. does that, there will be repercussions, yada, yada, yada. So a verbal tit for tat right now, a verbal, let me do something that actually won't make a difference, but might embarrass you or might annoy just the diplomats involved and really nobody else in the world cares whatsoever. This is what Saki and the Biden administration are doing. Again, as I said before, make no mistake, we are in a cold war with China. We are in a cold war with China. We aren't about to enter a cold war with China. We don't risk a cold war with China. There's not going to be a cold war with China in the future. We are currently in a cold war with China. And so responding to the human rights abuses of the Chinese Communist Party by refusing to send a diplomatic delegation is stupid. It's weak. It's childish. It's a failure of a tactic. What the Biden administration should do at this point is they should boycott the 2022 Beijing Olympics entirely. They should prohibit U.S. athletes from competing in China when China, while China is engaging in horrendous human rights abuses. And I know, I know the allegation here or the defense is, well, you can't punish the athletes. The athletes didn't do anything wrong. Why ruin the athletes' careers? They've worked their whole lives for this and they finally made the Olympic team. Well, these same folks, let me tell you, 
didn't mind postponing the 2020 Olympics in the face of COVID, even though we knew that the athletes, being young, healthy people, were not at risk of fatality, not at high risk at all of fatality from COVID-19. All of these same committees, all these same bureaucrats, all these same politicians, they didn't mind postponing the 2020 Olympics for that political purpose. But when we have human rights abuses, the like of which are so unspeakable, they're actually hard to believe that it's actually happening if you verbalize it, the Biden administration absolutely should boycott. We've done this before. In 1980, the United States boycotted the Moscow Olympics. And what was the result of that? What was the result of the Cold War with the Soviet Union? What happened in the 1980s and early 1990s? What happened? The Soviet Union toppled. It was the end of the Soviet Union. Now, I'm not trying to make some wild, you know, correlation, causation claim about just the boycotting of that Olympics, but it made a difference. It makes a difference when you put pressure on your adversary in a way that actually hurts them. The United States boycotting an Olympic Games ruins the Olympics because the United States makes a very big deal out of the Olympics, as we should. The United States is a very high viewership of the Olympics because it's cool and it's fun, except for the past couple of years when it's been woke, but that's neither here nor there. If the United States are not sending their athletes who are the best athletes in the world and we're not broadcasting it to the largest audience in the world, that hurts. That makes a difference. The Chinese don't want us to do what we did to the Soviets in 1980. And so we should do that. We should do that. Otherwise, we are literally, as a nation, the Biden administration is turning their heads, looking the other way, brushing under the rug, the horrendous human rights abuse that the Chinese Communist Party inflicts on their people on a daily basis. We're talking about social credit scores. You think vaccine mandates and vaccine passports are egregious? Well, think about a vaccine mandate or a vaccine passport, but for every aspect of your life. If you do not adhere to what the Chinese Communist Party wants you to do, if you do not post what they want you to post online, if you do not refrain from criticizing the Chinese Communist Party in any sense, in your personal life, at school, in your professional life, on social media, you will be punished. If you cross the street, not at a crosswalk, if you smoke in a non-smoking zone, if you do any sort, if you commit any sort of tiny infraction, ideological or otherwise, then you are downgraded on your social credit score. When you are downgraded on your social credit score by the Chinese Communist Party, what happens? You lose your job. You're not able to send your kids to private school. You're not allowed to buy property. You're not allowed to fly. You're not allowed to do anything. You are ostracized from society to the point where you are sent away. This is what the Chinese Communist Party inflicts on their people on a daily basis. This is communism. The Chinese Communist Party, the same Chinese Communist Party that caused the death of 50 million Chinese people doesn't care about the well-being of their people. They've outlawed religion. They've outlawed free speech. The Falun Gong, this is, you know, some people call it a cult, and it very well may be. 70 million Chinese people practice Falun Gong. The Chinese Communist Party, originally a supporter of it, decided in 1999 that there was too much independent thinking, too much independent religious thought within this, this sect of, uh, of religious people. They banned it. They completely banned it. Do you know what they do to people who practice this now? They send them to internment camps. They re-educate them. They torture them. They harvest their organs. 
for the black market, the organ black market that exists in China because these people dare to have their own religious practice. They do the same thing to the Uyghurs, the Uyghur Muslims. They imprison them. They torture them. They gang rape them. They force them to marry outside of their religion. They force abortions on them. Gang rapes happen to these women. This is what the Chinese Communist Party is doing on a regular basis. We know that this is happening. Christians in China are put in re-education camps. You're not allowed to have a Christian church in China. The only, the only Catholic presence in China, the bishops are chosen by the Chinese Communist Party. They're literally agents of the state. All of this is happening in China. And we see what China's done with Hong Kong. We see what they've done under the guise of national security, their national security law. You speak out against the regime, you speak out in favor of free speech, in favor of democracy, in favor of independence, and the Chinese Communist Party will throw you in jail. They will disappear you, they will silence you. This is of course on top of their forced abortion policies and their one child only policies and the awful, awful things that happen to people who dare to criticize the state. Dare to criticize, not the state, I'm sorry, the communist dictatorship. And the best the Biden administration can do is say, oh, we're not gonna send a diplomatic delegation to the 2022 Olympics. That'll show the communists. That'll teach them a lesson. I don't think so. I don't think so. But you know what? You know what? The outrage that we're starting to see against China because of Peng Shui, because of this tennis player has been disappeared because she's obviously not fine, because she's obviously under coercion at the very least by the Chinese communists. She's obviously not free to say what's really happening. She's obviously, she or her family are under threat. Obviously. We're starting to see outrage from people who spent the past four years singularly not outraged at China. Jake Tapper is who I'm talking about specifically. I don't believe in subtweeting. If I'm talking about something that someone said, I'm gonna certainly name them here. Jake Tapper spent an entire monologue excoriating Disney and the International Olympic Committee for ignoring China's human rights abuses. I want you to take a listen to this because, believe it or not, every single word that he says in this monologue is correct, but he's still wrong. I'll tell you why, but first listen to this. That Simpsons episode in Hong Kong, in Hong Kong disappeared like Peng Shui, disappeared like citizen journalist Zhang Zhan, whom the Chinese government has locked up for telling the truth about COVID-19 disappeared like the consciences of the millionaires and billionaires in Hollywood and the NBA and the IOC and Wall Street are all so eager for Chinese cash. They are pretending none of this is happening. There is no amount of money that can buy enough soap to wash that blood off their hands. He's correct. He's correct. He's absolutely correct. And he's still the biggest partisan hack, on, probably on television. And you know why? Because which administration, which administration, which president of the United States was the only president of the United States to actually pressure China in a way that hurt, in a way that altered China's actions, in a way that made sure that America maintained more power than the Chinese? President Trump. President Trump is the only US president in my lifetime, who has put the appropriate amount of pressure on China, who has used the power of the US economy. We're not talking about military strength, we're talking about Cold War tactics. The power of the US economy to punish China, to hold China accountable, to make China 
stop what they're doing, to challenge China on their trade war. Because remember, when the Chinese, quote unquote, compete with us in trade, it's on the backs of slave labor in China. Chinese people, children being forced into labor, being forced into factories, being forced into mines. President Trump is the only president who challenged that. And you know who can't challenge China? Biden. He simply cannot. He can't challenge China because his family has financial interests in China. Hunter Biden secured a $1.5 billion equity deal with a company tied to the Chinese Communist Party while Biden was vice president of the United States during the Obama administration. Biden cannot challenge, cannot challenge the Chinese Communist Party. There was a recent story on the Daily Mail um, about Hunter Biden, and this is in addition to the $1.5 billion equity deal. Hunter Biden, this is what they wrote, Hunter Biden agreed to spread Chinese influence in America for $10 million a year and an $80,000 diamond. Joe Biden can't challenge China. He can't hold them accountable. He won't. Because if he does, his own family will be exposed. He cannot. And so what do they do? The Biden administration, they say, we're not gonna send a diplomatic delegation to the 2022 Beijing Olympic Games. That'll show the communists. That'll really hit them where it hurts. The weakest president, certainly in my lifetime, the weakest president, Joe Biden. And it actually gets worse than that. It gets worse. We're gonna talk about um, what gets worse in just a second. But first, I want to talk to you about ExpressVPN. So we all know how a VPN protects your privacy and your security online, right? But I didn't know this until relatively recently. You can also use a VPN to unlock movies and shows that are only available in other countries. It's so simple. All you have to do is you fire up the ExpressVPN app. You change your location to any country. Use the UK, for example. You refresh your streaming service, Netflix, Hulu, what have you, and that's all there is to it. See, ExpressVPN hides your IP address and lets you control where you want sites to think you're located. So you can choose from almost 100 different countries. So just think about all the Netflix libraries that you can go through. It's not just Netflix, though. ExpressVPN works with any streaming service, Hulu, BBC iPlayer, YouTube, you name it. There are hundreds of VPNs out there, but in my opinion, ExpressVPN is the best because it is ridiculously fast. There's never any buffering or any lag, and you can stream in HD no problem. It's also compatible with all your devices, phones, media consoles, smart TVs, et cetera, et cetera. So you can watch what you want on the go or on the big screen, wherever you are. If you visit my special link right now, expressvpn.com slash Liz, you can get an extra three months of ExpressVPN for free. So support the show, watch what you want, and protect yourself and your family online at expressvpn.com slash Liz. That's expressvpn.com slash Liz. So obviously the Biden administration is not going to push back on China in any meaningful way. The Democrats and the mainstream media who are now pretending to be so outraged at these egregious human rights abuses in China are just wild hypocrites. If we want to, if they actually wanted to hold China accountable, then they would have supported what President Trump was doing because President Trump was doing what no other president has done or currently is doing. He was actually holding China accountable. So Jake Tapper, you can, you can say the correct words now, but they're also meaningless because the apparatus to actually hold China accountable was voted out of office, partially because of the lies that you peddled about Russian collusion, about Ukraine impeachment, all the fake news that you peddled on a daily basis, brainwashed and indoctrinated the American people, turned the American people against Trump, ushered Biden into office, and Biden's never gonna hold China accountable. So I don't believe a word that you say, even if your words are correct, 
Your politics stink to high heaven. Meanwhile, China is punishing students even outside of China. China is censoring Chinese students. There are Chinese students at universities here in the United States. This is a graduate student um, who received a phone call as he was here at university in the United States. He received a phone call from his parents. His parents were in tears because the Chinese police, officers of the Ministry of State Security, it's called, um, and this is basically the civilian spy agency in China. It's um, People are terrified. The Chinese people are terrified of this agency. Um, called and came to the house of this Chinese student, his parents back home while he was here in the United States, threatening them because he had participated in a forum on Tiananmen Square and the massacre that happened there in 1989. Yep. So the Chinese communists are watching Chinese people, even in the United States, at college, participating in a forum. Which means, of course, that Chinese students here, and this is this is a shame because there are a lot of Chinese students who just want to come here for an education. They want to come here because America is the greatest nation the world has ever known. But they're also infiltrated by Chinese spies. They're infiltrated by um, agents of the Chinese Communist Party who come here to watch, to keep an eye on, to play big brother to the actual Chinese students. And when those Chinese students veer outside of the ideology of the Communist Party in China, then the spies who are pretending to be students report the students who are actually students back to the spies in China, and the Chinese Communist Party then punishes the parents and the families back in China. This is what's happening. This is what China does. And all Biden can do is say, we're not sending an official delegation to the 2022 Beijing Olympics. That'll show them. By the, and, and this is not, by the way, an isolated incident. I have a friend who is a high school history teacher. She used to teach in California, and her school had exchange students from California in her class. And when she was talking about Tiananmen Square, when she was talking about the history of communism, do you know what these students were taught to do? They literally put their heads down on their desks, just like that, and stomped their feet and hummed because they were taught that they weren't even allowed to hear the information. We're not talking about answering questions. We're not talking about participating in a forum. We're not even talking about writing papers, all of which they should be allowed to do. But this is not active participation. This was passive participation, meaning she's standing up in the front of the class. She's talking about the history of China, the history of Tiananmen Square, and they put their heads down on the desk, they stomp their feet, and they hum because they won't even listen to it. They're indoctrinated and brainwashed by the Chinese Communist Party and so fearful of the Chinese Communist Party that they won't even allow that to reach their ears. These are high school students. That's the level of indoctrination from that's the level of indoctrination from the Chinese Communist Party. And make no mistake, make no mistake, this is a threat to us as well. This is not just, oh, it's not our business, it's not on our shores. This is not a matter of let's be isolationists and not worry if a threat doesn't reach us. No, no. The Chinese right now, and this is according to US intelligence, it was classified intelligence actually, the Chinese right now are building a new military base in Equatorial Guinea, that's in Africa. Now, why is this so significant? Well, we've seen this coming for a long time, actually, because the Chinese have uh, tried to make inroads in, in Africa. They've tried to establish a presence in Africa. But the reason that this is so significant to the United States is because it gives them access to the Atlantic. The entire east coast of the United States will now be accessible by Chinese warship if the Chinese have a military base in Equatorial Guinea. Again, if you think that we are not in a Cold War with China, you are an idiot. It's not something that's gonna happen in the future. It's not a possibility. The Chinese want to be the world superpower. They want to be the dominant country in the entire globe. They want to displace the United States. Now, maybe they're not eager 
for military conflict with the United States. Maybe they know that there's mutually assured destruction with the United States. Perhaps they know that. But that doesn't mean that they're not going to engage in Cold War tactics. It doesn't mean they're not going to try to displace us. It doesn't mean they're not going to try to harm us in other ways, ways that they think that they can get away with without the U.S. responding with military force. And under the Biden administration, under the Biden administration, clearly that is true because all the Biden administration can do is refuse to send diplomatic representation to the Beijing Olympics in 2022. Meanwhile, by the way, meanwhile, what we should be focusing on too, what the Biden administration should be focusing on is the supply chain crisis caused by the Chinese Communist Party. And when I say caused by the Chinese Communist Party, this is what I mean. I mean, the Chinese Communist Party is responsible for the creation of COVID-19, or at least it leaking from the lab, whether or not this particular virus was juiced up, whether this was the virus where that was subject to gain-of-function experiments, I don't know. But the Wuhan Institute of Virology is where the COVID-19 virus most likely leaked from, and we all know that. Even the Chinese communists know that. The Chinese communists aren't even claiming anymore that COVID-19 was from that wet market. No, no. They know it leaked from the Wuhan Institute of Virology. So the Chinese communists are responsible for COVID. The Chinese communists are responsible for the supply chain crisis because how did the Chinese communists respond to COVID? Well, they shut down factories. They shut down ports. And what happened when they shut down factories and ports? Well, products ordered by the United States that the U.S. counts on weren't produced. And if they were produced, then they weren't able to be transported to the United States. So we already had a fragile or a brittle supply chain to begin with, the United States did. We already relied too heavily on China. So when China unleashed this virus, intentionally or otherwise, unintentionally, what happened? It broke our supply chain. And as a result, we are now facing the threat of shortages in pharmaceutical drugs. We're talking about antidepressants, antibiotics, heart medicine, cancer-fighting drugs, and painkillers. The FDA says there are 100 drugs that are facing um, shortages due to the supply chain crisis. 100 drugs, because we rely on China. Meanwhile, Northrop Grumman um, says the defense industry is likewise threatened by the supply chain crisis, that they're not able to get the parts that they need um, to build the equipment that they need, and that this threatens our national security. This threatens our very defense. Yet the Biden administration, the Biden administration isn't keeping, you know, Buddha Judge home to focus as transportation secretary on the supply chain crisis. No, no. They're keeping, they're keeping their delegation home just to try to tell, just to try to tell the Chinese communists what's what. This is the most embarrassing thing. It's the most embarrassing thing. What the Biden administration should do is they should boycott the 2022 Beijing Olympic Games. Period. Period. It didn't have to come to this, by the way. As a former athlete myself, I understand how heartbreaking it is when any athletic event is canceled. I know what it means to work really, really hard with a specific goal in mind, and it's devastating when that's canceled. It's devastating when that's canceled for any reason. What the Biden administration should have done if they were interested in protecting these athletes is they should have taken action a year ago. They should have taken action earlier this year, and they should have demanded of the International Olympic Committee that they change the location of the Olympic Games. They didn't have to let it go this far. They didn't have to wait until a matter of months before the Olympics are supposed to happen. They could have told the International Olympic Committee a year ago, we, the United States, will not be competing in China. We will not be sending our athletes to Beijing. We will not be attending or endorsing or legitimizing or participating in any way in an event sponsored by the Chinese Communist Party when China is committing egregious human rights abuses 
openly and blatantly daily on billions of people, period. The Biden administration could have done that. They should have done that. They didn't do that. So now we're in a lose-lose situation where, yeah, the athletes are going to suffer immensely if it's, if it's boycotted. But again, the Olympics are not about the individual. The Olympics are about countries. If the Olympics are about countries, if it's about endorsing or legitimizing countries, then we shouldn't be allowing China to, partic to, to participate at all. We shouldn't be going to any Olympics where China is participating. We shouldn't be allowing any country that commits human rights abuses to be part of this competition on the international stage because it does legitimize what their government is doing. The Biden administration must boycott these Olympics. Sending, refusing to send a delegation is simply not enough. We're going to talk about Jussie Smollett next. Um, in his testimony this week, he revealed some shocking, not shocking information about his relationship with the brothers who helped him stage the attack. We're going to talk about that in just a second. But first, I want to talk to you about Soul. We are very fortunate that today's episode is brought to you by Soul, the sustainable orthopedic footwear company that seeks to enhance your mobility and improve your foot health to keep you in the game longer by building shoes from the inside out. What is a footbed? Is it an insole? Is it an insert? Is it an orthotic? 85% of the population will have one or more foot-related ailments in their lifetime. We're talking plantar fasciitis, Morton's neuroma, shin splints, et cetera, et cetera. A lot of these admittedly unsexy ailments can be helped with a footbed. Soul has created this. They define it as a great place to rest your soul that is affordable, customizable, and improves people's everyday foot comfort. Millions of customers rave about this product, and two-thirds of Soul customers have two or more pairs of footbeds once you know the comfort, the pain relief, the performance enhancement and injury prevention benefits of sole footbeds, you will want them in every shoe you own. They have an amazing offer for first-time customers, 50% off through yoursole.com slash Liz. That's yoursole.com slash Liz. So you can try sole for yourself. They're so confident that you'll love them that they have a 90-day money-back guarantee. Um, this offer is applicable to all items on the sole store, be it footbeds or footwear, yoursole.com slash Liz. So Jesse Smollett testified this week, and I'm smiling just because this should surprise absolutely no one, absolutely no one. Um, he testified that his relationship with um, the brothers who helped him stage this attack, he said he had taken hard drugs with them, he had clubbed with them, and he had gone to a bathhouse with them. So, so much for not knowing them very well, so much for his original lies. I mean, it's funny that the media, the mainstream media, who was so up in arms about this story when it happened, you could not open a web, you could not open a web page of any news organization, you couldn't open Twitter, you couldn't turn on your TV without hearing that Jesse Smollett was the victim of a hate crime by some white mega person with a rope in downtown Chicago in the middle of the night. I mean, every liberal, every single liberal bought into this. Well, of course, Jesse Smollett was lying. He staged this attack. It didn't. It didn't happen. It didn't happen. He was friends with these attackers. They were two black men. It wasn't white men. Um, he wasn't harmed at all. The rope that he put around his neck, he put around his neck himself, and then he lied to police about this. So this all happened in February of 2019, and the initial charges. He was charged with 16 felony counts for filing false police reports initially. Um, and those charges were dropped, which was outrageous. It was outrageous that these charges were dropped. Well, a special prosecutor was appointed a year later in February of 2020 because it was so outrageous that the initial charges were dropped. And um, six new charges were filed. It was six counts of disorderly conduct. This is an Illinois law um, that prohibits false reports to police. So it's essentially the same thing. Um, 
And it's a very good thing that he's charged. Because let's not forget, as we watch this unfold, or as we don't watch this unfold because the mainstream media is trying to hide it, let's remember exactly what happened here and who Jesse Smollett hurt. This is not just some idiot actor who wanted a higher salary and thought that, you know, being the victim of a hate crime would give him a, 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 public, a public face or the public recognition enough to have negotiating power to bargain for a higher salary on the show. No, no, that was his motivation, by the way. Let's not forget that. No, real people were hurt by what Jesse Smollett did. Real people were hurt. And I'm not talking about in this fake attack. No one was actually hurt in the attack because it was a fake attack. But real victims of real hate crimes were hurt by what Jesse Smollett did because when you make an allegation that is so outrageous and so salacious and then it turns out to be false, it desensitizes people to real allegations of really, really salacious, egregious, horrific hate crimes. So actual victims of actual hate crimes are now going to get the disservice of a lot of people are going to ask, is that real or is it fake? when they make that allegation, because we've been lied to. We've been lied to by the mainstream media, who was carrying water for Jesse Smollett. We've been lied to by Democrats, who were trying to exploit the Jesse Smollett situation to perpetuate this racial narrative that all, all Trump supporters in red mega hats are terrible racist people who want to lynch black people in downtown Chicago outside of Subway at 2 a.m. So we were lied to. So real victims of actual hate crimes are going to be um, badly served by this because they're going to be believed less. Also, in the two weeks following this hate crime, they're this hate crime, this fake hate crime, this uh, staged attack, what am I talking about? Um, in the two weeks following this staged attack, there was a tremendous amount of police resources that were focused on trying to solve this case when it was believed. So think about what happens in Chicago. Think about how many people are murdered in Chicago every single weekend. Now think about the police resources that should be focused on protecting the people of Chicago, on solving murders, on solving crimes, those resources, already already short resources, were instead focused on this fake attack staged by an actor who was bitter about his salary and tried to paint half of the country as being racist in order to get more money from his workplace. I mean, that's really, really egregious to think about the police resources that were used to track down the truth about this fake attack. He also hurt himself, by the way, in his career. I mean, it, it ultimately backfired, but he hurt himself, he hurt his career, he hurt the reputation of his family. He obviously hurt these two brothers um, who helped him stage his attack. I know they're responsible for their own action, but they wouldn't have done this had he not initiated it. He hurt tens of millions of Trump supporters um, by falsely accusing everybody who voted for President Trump of being racist. He hurt our country by exploiting racial divide and the gross history that he was trying to bring back to life. He was trying to use this imagery of a rope around his neck to invoke the lynchings of the past. I mean, it's disgusting what he did to our country. And he also, by the way, he hurt millions of young black kids, um, young actors, young gay people, who will now think to themselves after this Jesse Smollett hate crime, well, to be successful, do I need to be a victim too? Instead of thinking that they can be successful in their own merits, they will think that they need to be a victim because that is the message that Jesse Smollett was peddling by staging this fake attack. The fault, by the way, the fault of this whole thing, this, this is the Democrats' um, culture of victimhood where they tell you that if you're oppressed, if you've been hurt, if you've been harmed, if you're the victim of anything, that that puts you on a pedestal, that makes you cool. They reward victimhood instead of rewarding people overcoming victimhood. 
So this idea that the Democrats perpetuated this narrative, that the mainstream media immediately believed it, that journalists didn't even do their due diligence, that this became what was supposed to be an attack against the character of everyone who voted for Donald Trump, this is the fault of our country, or at least Democrats in our country embracing the culture of victimhood. And so to hear Jesse Smollett testify, well, not here, but to read about it, since we aren't allowed to watch this one, we're not allowed to watch this trial, but to read about him testifying about his relationship with these brothers who he repeatedly lied about, it just reminds us how dishonest the Democrats are and how destructive their narratives are, how destructive the cultural ideology that they have poisoned our country with is to each and every one of us. Jussie Smollett should be convicted of this. I know he'll probably never go to jail for this because this disorderly conduct um, law probably won't send him to jail. If it, if, it, if it does, it'll be for a very short amount of time, but he'll likely get probation. But he should be convicted about this because this was a very harmful thing that he did for our country. A very harmful thing. Very harmful, awful. And it is, um, like I said, it's almost laughable when he admits that he did hard drugs with these brothers and went to a bathhouse with them. And uh, yeah, it's just his entire narrative is crumbling at, crumbling at the foundation. So one of the fun things I like to do with... Um, my community on Locals and on Instagram is ask about issues that matter to you. Ask about, you know, what we want to talk about on a daily basis. What do we want our dialogue to be about? What, what discussions do we want to have? And so I posted yesterday and said, what topics do you want to talk about? Should we talk about on the show this week? And an individual, there are always a few jokes in there too, by the way. There are serious responses, but there are jokes. Some funny, some not. Um, this one made me laugh so hard. Um, someone wanted said that, you know, the topic that we should discuss this week is the necessity of deodorant. The necessity of deodorant. And first of all, really funny, and I would love to hear the story that uh, that sparked this. I'd like to hear exactly why that came to your head, what experience you've had. But I have very strong opinions on this. I have very strong opinions about deodorant. And here's the thing. Deodorant actually shouldn't really be necessary. Yes, this is one of my, my super cool controversial opinions. Deodorant shouldn't be necessary because deodorant is actually a reflection of what you eat. It's a reflection of what you eat. So when I went vegan and cut out meat and cut out dairy and cut out sugar, I stopped having any kind of BO. I stopped even needing deodorant. I actually rarely wear deodorant because I just don't, I don't need it anymore. It's basically like a garbage in, garbage out situation for your body. You eat garbage, you're going to, you know, smell like garbage. Um, so I, I, I don't know. I don't know that there is a necessity of deodorant. I think there's a necessity of eating healthy so that you don't smell gross. Here's what's much worse. What's much worse than not wearing deodorant, if we're talking about pervasive, disgusting, offensive smells that, um, that other people are inflicted with by your behavior, if we're talking about that, here's what's actually much worse. People on airplanes who eat beef jerky. That's so much worse than not wearing deodorant. That is one of the most disgusting things. I literally gag every time I'm on an airplane and someone probably within like five or six rows of me opens up one of those. These are the ones that you purchase from the airline. So it's not even like good beef jerky. It's like airline beef jerky. So is it really even real or is it mostly plastic? The stench absolutely pervades the entire plane. That is so much worse than not wearing deodorant. So I think that instead of talking about the necessity of deodorant, we should talk about the necessity of please stop eating beef jerky on planes because it's really disgusting. Um, okay. Fun and great announcement. I'm really excited to make this announcement. 
Um, we have a Christmas sale for our locals, our Liz Wheeler Show community locals VIP membership. From now until Christmas, we have a reduced rate to uh, join us to be part of the Liz Wheeler Show community. Instead of $72 a year, it is now $56 a year. Between now and Christmas, if you um, join as a VIP, it's really fun over there. There's tens of thousands of us on the Liz Wheeler Show community. We do live streams. We do question and answers. I um, post my hot takes on uh, issues that big tech, you know, no, no, it's a no, no on big tech. So we talk about that. We engage in discussions. Um, there's extended segments of our episodes. There are There's exclusive early access to interviews that I conduct with, you know, thought leaders and newsmakers around the country. It's a really great community. It's um, entirely committed to free speech. There is no censorship whatsoever. It is our, um, it is, it is a place where we go to have the conversations that we're not allowed to have anywhere else, and we have a great time doing it. It's really nice to be around like-minded people. So please join now. If you are a member and you've considered becoming a VIP supporter, do so now. It is just um, $56 a year if you become a supporter between now and the end of the year. Highly recommend it. And, you know, if you if you haven't joined at all, come on over, lizwheelershow.com slash locals, become a member, see what it's all about. And I think I'll have you convinced by the end of the year to join the VIP section, exclusive access to me. And on that note, I have um, today an extended segment just for locals VIPs that um, we're gonna talk about Mayor de Blasio. Mayor de Blasio's vaccine mandate for all private sector employees in New York City. This is an extended segment for locals, VIPs only. So if you want to hear this, and believe me, you do want to hear this, then please join us at lizwheelershow.com slash locals um, for just $56 a year. You can get exclusive access to fun stuff just like this. Okay, de Blasio. If you want to see the rest of this segment, hear everything that we're going to talk about, head on over to Locals, the Liz Wheeler Show community at lizwheelershow.com slash locals. See you there. I'm Liz Wheeler. This is The Liz Wheeler Show. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. If you haven't subscribed, please do so on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you watch or listen to your pods. Be sure to take advantage of our Christmas sale on Locals, $56 a year to be a VIP on The Liz Wheeler Show community. Awesome benefits. Great community. We would love to have you. It's lizwheelershow.com slash locals. We'll be back tomorrow. The Liz Wheeler Show is produced by Jonathan Hay. Executive producer, Chad Abbott. Director of photography, Kevin McRoberts. Editor, Alejandro Figuerilla. Sound mixer, Robin Fenderson. Director of marketing, Emily Washler. Production and talent coordinator, Matt Toffler. And senior publicist, Patricia Jackson. This has been a Soundfront production.